What's up, Sixers fans? Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Before I jump into the Sixers losing their fourth straight game, this time to the Pacers, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. We've got a huge team of writers who have you covered for all things Sixers. So, a weird one in Indy. The Sixers kicking off their six-game road trip. Got some reinforcements back in terms of Tobias Harris made his return against the Raptors. Isaiah Joe was available for this one. He didn't get onto the court, but still dealing without Joel Embiid, obviously the team's best player, as well as Matisse Thybul, the team's best defender, at least in my opinion. So they're still a little bit shorthanded, but this one, the moral victories are over. It was kind of, you know, they they hung tight with the Knicks when they were shorthanded. They hung tight versus the Bucks. We saw a great performance by Paul Reed in terms of his defending on Giannis. Tyrese Maxey continues to break out. So those were a couple of good losses. And the Raptors game, another one, I feel like the Sixers should have, have won. They kind of got away with it. Like, okay, they're still finding their footing. And the team has dealt with a ton of adversity. You know, never mind even the Ben Simmons stuff, just dealing with the COVID uh, absences that we've had over the past couple of weeks. Danny Green left this game with some hamstring tightness. He was actually playing pretty well overall. So the Sixers in this game ultimately ended up losing 118-113, but it was a weird, weird game in the sense that things started off really well for Philly. It was up 14-8 to early. The Pacers came back, outscored Philly 24-11 the rest of the way, ended up leaving, leading by seven, pardon me, after the first quarter. Uh, Tobias Harris was sensational. Overall, especially in the first quarter, had 17 points, but the rest of the team struggled shooting four of 16 outside of Toby. And that trend kind of continued into the second. The Pacers won on an 11-0 run. They were up by 18 and just looked like they were going to run away with this game. And credit to the Sixers because they were able to stick around, even though Indy shot a ridiculous 69% from the field, going 9 of 15 from deep in the first half. Most of the games like this would be a blowout, but Philly did manage to hang around largely because of Tobias Harris. Like I said, 17 in the first quarter, had 24 points at the break, and the Sixers were only down by 10 going into halftime, but then they just couldn't get it down to three, four points. It just seemed like it was an unattainable goal to get there. Uh, the Sixers got it down to seven at one point, even then got it down to five with just over three minutes left. Unfortunately, the refs, in my opinion, made a very, very soft foul, foul call on Tyrese Maxey. That resulted in two free throws for the Pacers. And uh, the Sixers never really got it down to five again, really, until the end, which they ultimately ended up losing by. But again, this was a game where, you know, again, Indy, not a great team, six and eight on the season. Overall, you're looking at this and, okay, the, the Sixers have enough horses to win this one. Ultimately, I mean, again, the Pacers were ridiculous from the field. I mean, they were on fire throughout the first half. So that made it difficult for the Sixers to really make up any ground. And obviously in this one too, Justin Holiday, you know, played out of his mind. He ended up finishing the game with a, a game high 27 points, only missed two field goals. He was six of eight from deep, former Sixer TJ McConnell. He also had some nice plays, kind of acting a little bit up there towards the end. He was pumping up the crowd. I didn't personally like it, but again, that's just my opinion. Uh, but overall, this was a game that I feel like uh, the Sixers just weren't sharp in terms of defensively. Uh, you know, didn't look great on the offensive end. A lot of one-on-one -on -one action we were seeing in this one. Uh, not really moving the ball the way we've been accustomed to seeing, especially when they started off eight and two, and now they're sitting at eight and six. So again, the, the good vibes from, from the start, the good vibes from dealing with the adversity starting to wear off now. And, and things aren't going to get much easier for this team. You're hoping that Joel and Matisse Thibault are okay, just in terms of their health, number one. 
after their likely positive COVID test, they're in the league's health and safety protocol. So, you know, hoping that they come back, but now you got a real tough run of games coming up here. You got Utah and Denver, two of the best teams in the league, Portland. Yeah. Okay. Sacramento, same thing. And then you finish up with the team with the best record in the NBA golden state on Wednesday, the 24th. So again, the Sixers now don't have the time to, you know, really look at this and, and, and say, well, we got to figure a few things out. They need to start figuring it out because the team went from having the best record in the Eastern conference at eight and two, uh, looking like, you know, okay, they're going to start racking up some wins. Obviously, they've had the the issues with the COVID stuff, but now said that eight and six hanging on to the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Still early. Lots of things will will change, especially when, when Joe comes back. But again, the moral victories have kind of stopped at this point. There's nothing really uh, to look at and take good from this game overall, other than the fact I would say as a young player, Tyrese Maxey really starting to show that he's developed. And, and the case has been made that, hey, even if Ben comes back, which again, seems very highly unlikely at this point, you know, Tyrese Maxey has played himself into a position where he's should be the guy. You look at his last three games, he had 24 against the Pacers in this one, 33 against the Raptors, 31 against the Bucks. So he's finding his confidence. He's shooting the ball extremely well, uh, been over 50% the last three games, over 60% the last two. So he's getting good shots. I love the fact that he's worked on his pull-up jumpers. He's worked on his running one-hand shots that you've seen him hit, some nice scoop shots that you've seen him hit as well. So he's getting buckets in, in different kind of ways. And that's something you want to see from a second-year guy. And Tyrese Maxey said during the week uh, that he's really focused on, you know, putting the extra time in shooting, putting the extra time in making sure after practice he's working on his game. And I think that's been really showing, especially over, over the last week or so. Again, haven't resulted in any wins, but the team has been dealing with with the COVID stuff and missing its best player. But I think if Tyrese Maxey can play at this level and you got Joel Embiid coming back, they do miss Matisse Thibault's defense as well. I think the Sixers are going to be okay. But until Joe comes back, they got to find a way to get some wins. And again, not going to be easy in Utah and in Denver, but you want to see this team be able to at least start to showcase what we were seeing through the first 10 games of the year, which is we have enough depth. We have a bunch of good players behind our stars and we have enough that we can win without them. And again, they hung really tough with New York. They hung tough with the Bucks. A game against Toronto, I feel like they should have won. And I feel like if they would have played any sort of defense in the second quarter or if Indy wasn't as hot, you know, this was another game there for the taking. So again, you're looking at this from a, a macro standpoint, not a huge deal in the fact that they're still eight and six above 500 usually you start to see teams in the NBA start to pull away between games 20 and 40, where you start to separate the pretenders from the contenders. And I think those were going to be, that's going to be an important stretch for the Sixers. But looking at this upcoming West coast swing, even if Joel doesn't get back on the court for the next, let's say week, week and a half, they got to find a way to, to at least get some dubs because you keep the confidence up. You keep the questions away. And I also, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. I also look at this as the better they play, the less we're going to hear about Ben Simmons. Right. Because if this team is able to rack up some wins, show how good they can be without a three time all star in the lineup, the pressure on Daryl Morey. And again, it doesn't seem like the type of man who's going to succumb to it, but the pressure isn't there for him to make a deal right away. And I think that's that that's an, an important factor in all this is, yeah, you want to see the Sixers obviously get wins because they're a very good team when they're at full health. I think they've shown that they can play with anybody in the league, but also the longer that they're able to string together some wins, the less it has the pressure of making a Ben Simmons deal. And to add to that, the less it makes Daryl Morey 
get into a position that he might make a deal just to make a deal, right? Because if the Sixers now, let's just say hypothetically, they, they can win, you know, six out of their next nine games or seven of their next 10, and they're sitting at 15 and, and 10 overall or 16 and 10 overall, whatever it might be. That way, okay, let's let things play out in the NBA. Let's let's see what happens in Portland now. The team president stepped down. We don't know what's going to happen with the investigation with Neil Olshi and, and, and see if he's away from there. And if that becomes a tire fire, well, then Dame becomes available, right? And so you have to give, in order for them to have that time and, and, and find the right deal for Ben, they need to start getting some more victories. And I, and I still think this, this team is able, going to be able to do that. They just need to get their horses back and need to get back on track. But like I said, I mean, the way Tyrese Maxey's been playing, it's making you forget about the Ben Simmons stuff. And I, th I think overall, you know, you're, you're liking what you saw from Tobias Harris. Uh, Seth Curry hasn't shot particularly well uh, over the last few games in terms of he's been inconsistent, hoping that he gets back on track. And George Niang, the minivan, he, uh, you know, not exactly playing up to the level that he was at earlier in the season. So you want to see these guys start to start to raise their games a little bit. Uh, Ferk and Shake Milton in this one combined to shoot five of 16. Again, they need these guys to step up when they don't have their big guns on the court and missing your best player. You need your bench guys to step up. And it was interesting to see in the fourth quarter of this one too, Doc Rivers gave rookie second round pick Charles Bassey some run. He only played four minutes, finished with a rebound and a dime. But again, these are the guys you want to see step in, get some minutes and at least play themselves into a role that they're playing so well that you can't take them off the court and they're helping you win games. And again, I think the Sixers will get there, but the time for the moral victories are now over. That'll do it for this episode of Sixers Daily. Don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We got new shows coming at you five days a week, and we'll also have you covered for all your Sixers needs at libertyballers.com.